As you walk through the valley of the shadow of hell, you will see through the fog a bend in reality, a veil that is beyond your own comprehension. It's the other side, beyond the void. Welcome back to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. That's right. It's episode 310. Holy shit. Happy holidays, guys. Hope you're having a great one out there. I know not everybody celebrates, so I hope that you're just doing well. We happen to celebrate Christmas. We don't really like go to church or anything like that, but you know, we put up a tree and shit, you know, I mean, like. I hope that whatever you celebrate, you're enjoying yourself and you're doing it with people that you care about. And if you don't have anybody, we're here for you. Listen to our episodes. We'll wrap a big old fucking BTV hug right around your your back and neck. And <laughs> I'll stop because Christina's looking at me. <laughs> but anyway, seriously, guys, thank you so much for listening this year. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. I'm glad the year's almost over. Yeah, that's true, right? <laughs> And this week, we're going to be doing Gremlins 1 and 2. Gremlins came out in 1984. Six years later, they put out... Gremlins 2, new batch in 1990. Yep. So we got two movies. I couldn't watch them, to, you know, separately because it's just Gremlins, you know. It was either we just watched the first one and then say, fuck it. But I can't watch Gremlins without watching part well, two. Well, I mean, like, the first Gremlins is a Christmas movie. But, I mean, the second Gremlins, it's kind of New Year's Eve. No, it's because they it's, have it's a like, scene. Because they have a scene in it, you know. Mm-hmm. That's about. That's uh, kind of New Year's Eve because it was New around York. President's Day, is what they were talking, or something like that. Right, but still, it's kind of New Year's Eve because it they have the you know them doing the Times Square thing. Mm, okay, well, I don't think so, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not a holiday movie. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> But anyway, guys, welcome back. Thank you so much for coming back to listen to the podcast. If you know somebody that would enjoy this show, please share it with them. It really does help us. If you've never given us a review on any of the platforms, whether it be a rating on Spotify or like Apple Podcasts, it really goes a long way to help us out. So if you could do that for us for the holidays, we'd greatly appreciate it. Also, a word from our sponsor. We do have, so moviepalette.com is doing a... Christmas sale there you can buy two get one free you can even use our code which they already give 50% off on their stuff already but on top of it if you use our code void 15 
you can get a discount on that. Now, you may be asking, what the hell is Movie Palette? Well, Movie Palette is a company that specializes in doing sort of like a DNA structure of all of the different scenes in all of your favorite movies. What they do is they take the, the color that it represents that scene and then they put it in a linear fashion. So from left to right of all of them, all these movies, like you can pick your own if you want or a horror movie of your choice. And it does it in sort of like a barcode. It's like a movie barcode of that movie and it's specific to a movie. So it's got like a little bit of a story with it, but it looks really cool. They sent out a copy to us to sample and we really like it. I put it up, actually moved it into my studio. I got a Videodrome one. It looks really cool. So if you guys want something to get for somebody as a late gift or something like that, please consider using moviepalette.com as they are a great company that is supporting channels like you're listening to now. And a portion of those proceeds will go to us when you use code VOID15. But yeah, Christina, what's been going on with you? What are we doing? We've been watching movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we've been doing. I've been trying to pump out a lot of videos this week, which has been hard. It's been really tough. But Christina, I think, got to watch some of them with me, didn't you? Yeah, just a couple. Just a couple, yeah. We doing anything more? Out. Oh, yeah, our family's sick for the holidays which is great. So we're not even sure if we're going to be going to spend holidays with our family. We'll see. Hopefully we can. Christina's parents anyway. There's a few horror movies that came out for like Christmas. That's true. Yeah, I got to watch one of them, The Christmas Bloody Christmas, which is a new Joe Bagos film. And uh, I'm always trying to say his name right (laughs) because everybody wants to say Bagos. Right. But it's Vegas. So like Vegas, but Vegas. It's just B-E-G-O-S. So it's hard to say once you've said it wrong for a million times. So I apologize. But yeah, I did a review on that and people are kind of divided on that one. But I think it's just normal because it's like an indie film and it's not like, you know, Marvel Studios quality or whatever, you know, where (laughs) where, like they know every actor and everything like that. Some people are just like, meh, it's like, okay. I really want to see Violet Night. I wish it wasn't just in the theaters. It'd make it a lot easier to see. Yeah, I really wanted to go see that one as well. Um, What's the other one that we're planning to go see? Oh, I am going to the theater with Patrick, my old host, uh, co-host, I should say. He actually invited me out to go see one of my favorite Christmas horror movies, which is, you know what it is. Christmas Evil. Yep. So we're going to go to the theater at this place uh, that the, what was the old place called? What was it? The Alamo. And now it's the Majestic. They closed up all the Alamos around us. Well, yeah, around us. Yeah. Um, So we don't have any more Alamos out here. And like a company that does movies um, bought it up and they're doing like kind of similar things that Alamo was doing. So I guess it's really not too much different, but, you know, some things have changed. So, but I'm stoked to go see, you know. Christmas Evil in the the theaters. Yeah, Yeah, dude. Like, and I wonder if it's a Vinegar Syndrome print or if it's actual digital because Vinegar Syndrome, I think, has the print. Oh, it's probably, it's digital. I would assume, but, you know, for preservation reasons, you know, that's why they would do that. I'm just saying, like. Well, it's one night only. Yeah, it is only one night. So that's why I'm saying it could be because I saw. They do, they do screenings like that every Tuesday there. Right. Like, well, because one time I saw City of the Living Dead or Gates of Hell um, on 35 millimeter. So I saw the ori- one of the original prints 
Mm-hmm. And that was like a huge experience for me. So just even if it was a digital print of the original print, like I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? Like it'd just be cool. So I'm excited. Patrick's excited. He's going to bring a friend who's never seen it. I introduced Patrick into Christmas Evil because it just kind of grew on me. And uh, but yeah. So do you guys have favorite Christmas horror movies? Like, do you have like a particular one? What's your favorite Christmas horror ish? Oh, God, I don't know. Um. I did like Better Watch Out. I like that movie a lot. Okay. I don't know. I got to think about it. She doesn't like the real super silly ones. What about Jack Frost? No. I don't even think I've seen that. The Snowman Killer one? Yeah, I don't think I've seen that. Oh, man. I'm going to have to spoil you with some stuff here. We're going to have to watch. I'm okay. I like like Gremlins. (laughs) Okay. You know, I like... I like Die Hard. I like... I don't want to hear the bullshit about Die Hard. I feel like everybody's forcing that in our mouths. Talk about people who always, about? who always say, oh, they're forcing it down my throat. Like, it's like, that's okay. that I feel like everybody's forcing down our throat. Like, shut up about Die Hard already. Like, I like the movie. It's fine. I never was like, God damn, what, a, what, what an epitome of Christmas. Like, no. Christmas evil is the epitome of Christmas to me because it, it has the Christmas spirit in it. Die Hard doesn't have some, like, Christmassy spirit in it. It's just shooting people, dude. <laughs> it's not like at the end it's of action. Scrooge where he's like, every time a bell rings, you know, <laughs> like we talked about last time. Right. But anyway, uh, is there anything else going on that, we, uh, that we're that we missing this out on? This is our last episode of the year. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We're going to be doing uh, an episode when we come back in the new year, I think, like, the second week. Second or third week. Second or third week. Well, no, probably like the second week because I, I don't think I can stay away for that long. But um, we're going to do our top 20 if I'm not 100%. Your top 20. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's going to be my top 20 horror movies of the year. Alex, so, tell me about his top 20. <laughs> yeah, be on the lookout for that, guys. I really hope you support that episode because that is one of those episodes that is the biggest episode of the year because it is the most amount of work. <laughs> I mean, to prep for it, I had to watch hundreds of films, you know, just to prep for it. You and know then I mean? he does, he re-watches like, oh, yeah. the movies to prep for it, too. I'll re-watch them if, if, if they're, you know, recent enough and I'm, I catch up on ones I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. And if they're recent enough and then I watch the other movies afterwards, I can kind of get an idea. But, you know, it's there's a lot of times I have to be careful with that because there's movies at the end of the year that I have missed that I get really excited about sometimes. And then I'm like, oh, like, right. like I may have overreacted a couple of times to a couple of movies. So and put, you have to, re- you have to rewatch it. Yeah. So I have to kind of like, you know, balance myself out a little bit and just, you know, cause I might've been in the mood for that at that moment, but is it going to be something that lasts? Is it, you know, a, a second time watch is always good to kind of balance out the year, I think. So, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I'm excited cause I get to rewatch some of the movies I already have seen but there's some movies i already watched like two or three times anyway right so it's like fuck (laughs) like i watched the sadness like three or four times i think oh yeah that's right you know and i'm pretty sure that's going to be on the list Mm -hmm. i have a whole sheet of it so it's going to be interesting to see and this list is going to piss so many people off Mm -hmm. i already saw people's top worst list and there was like four movies that are on my top oh that's good yeah (laughs) Four movies that were on my top, and these people were like, "This is the worst Pure thing I, garbage. I've ever seen." Yeah, like I'm just out of touch, I guess. You know, just as an old man, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you be. don't either, because apparently, well, you don't I like don't anything really care. I like. <laughs> so I guess you're just always out of touch to me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'm just saying, I feel out of touch with like 
it's that vastly different, you know. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm not, like I'm I'm I surprise myself sometimes when I watch these movies and I think of things that it reminds me of. Mm-hmm. And then I find out later that that's what they intended it. Right. And I'm like, oh, shit, dude. Oh, that one makes more sense. Yeah, it's like, holy shit, I was locked in. I was in there. I was feeling the creative flow. <laughs> There's a lot of bigger movies we haven't watched yet. Oh, yeah. Either. There's like The Hatching we need to rewatch. We got to watch. Oh, we haven't watched Terrifier 2. No. I'm not a big Terrifier fan. I'll be honest. I mean, I appreciate it, and I'm I'm glad people like it. I, I think the actor's good. like super fucking cool. I met him. At, we did karaoke at like oh Mad Monster at Mad Monster. Like I, all of that is cool. Mm-hmm. But I just it's the movie is just kind of eh to mm-hmm. me. You know, the first one. I I'm with one of my uh, listeners who I believe goes by six. On uh, the stream, he said that he likes the original All Hallows' Eve movie uh-huh. and the clown in that more than he does the Terrifier movie. Right. Which the Terrifier movie is just gory, and that's what I like about it. Right. It's just brutal. It's just brutal. But the second one is supposed to be more brutal, so I have no idea. So I have to rewatch the first one <laughs> just to watch the second one, and that's a big deal to me. Yeah. You know what it's I mean? It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work <laughs> because I just don't, I can't stay tuned in mentally like for that long a period right like we had to watch these a day apart so Mm -hmm. but anyway i think it might be that time it's christmas time oh really (laughs) horse shots christina and i decided to uh well christina kind of bought something She's always like thinking about horror shots when she goes shopping or something like that. Always. So she fi- she found like a uh, peppermint candy shot, shot glass, glass, which we were like, holy shit, that's kind of cool. It is cool. I got it at five below. And it's like, this is the last episode. It doesn't really relate to gremlins. So it's not like a gremlin shot. It's just to happen to be a BTV shot that we're calling a... Peppermint cream. That's right. So what is in a peppermint cream? It's pretty simple. It's cream. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty much. It's peppermint schnapps and cream. And you want to do pretty heavy portions of it. So you're going to want to mix it up, like pre-mix it like you would uh, like a mixed drink. And then pour the shots out for it because it's not one that you want to just pour half and half like in it. So you're going to want to make like two shots of cream in a cup. And then you're going to put about shot and two shots of peppermint schnapps of peppermint schnapps in it and if you can find a peppermint (laughs) peppermint shot glass like we have here that has a little plastic cup that it sits in by the way just in case yeah that's why is that why yeah well in case it got wet or something i didn't want to get this table sticky so are you ready to take this yeah let's go it should be good i hope it's not chunky Was it junky? No. Okay. <laughs> no. Okay, good. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, yeah, it's actually not too bad. I like this little shot glass. It's way too thick. You could reuse this a million times. I think you're supposed to bite it. I'm going to put some uh, of this that's been sitting out over here. Oh, the hot the fireball. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try it with the peppermint. I'm just going to taste like crap. Is it good? It's weird tasting. The peppermint and the uh, 
yeah, I don't know. It tastes like plastic. <laughs> <laughs> or no. Mmm. Now it kind of tastes like, mmm. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> with the uh, cream, a little bit of cream was in there. Oh, that makes sense. But yeah, so if you guys would like to try a peppermint cream, it's really delicious. You can kind of mess with the, the the size of it, like how how strong you want to make it. But the cream really does kind of mix in well with it, so it does taste pretty decent. I wouldn't let it sit out for a long while, just in case, because I don't know how long it takes before it starts to curdle or something, you know. But I think peppermint schnapps is okay because it's so sugary. Right. But yeah, you should be good. But yeah, if you want to do a peppermint cream all you have to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section now that's it for horror shots all right guys for the holidays it's the last one for the year we're gonna be doing our flesh and potatoes of gremlins from 1984 and gremlins 2 the new batch 1990 and we're gonna go ahead and do that right now Right, Christina did the work on the first one. Sue, kick it out. A young man inadvertently breaks three important rules concerning his new pet and unleashes a horde of malevolently, <laughs> malevolently, malevolently malicious monsters. Oh Misch- my god, mischievous. God, say that fucking three times. Malevolently, wow. Okay, malevolently mischievous monsters on a small town. Tagline is cute, clever, mischievous, <laughs> intelligent, and dangerous. Well, intelligent? That's so weird. Well, Gizmo. Oh, I guess. Um, oh, I guess. <laughs> All right. This was directed by Joe Dante. He did The Burbs. Which we just did an episode of on uh, 307. Th- yep, 307. He also did The Howling and he did Piranha. Which we've and, also done episodes on. Right. We did the entire Howling franchise, which let me tell you. And we did Piranha with Nick. Oh. Remember we did Piranha 1 and 2 with Nick? No, I don't remember. He gave us the uh, Zombie 3 poster. Ah. Mm. All right. This is written by Chris Columbus, who also wrote The Goonies. Yeah, and he also settled in America. Just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. Which led to chicken pox and killing all the Indians. Yeah, he had natives' heads and ears and shit on his neck. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) This guy's writing stories like this? He, well, he also wrote The Goonies. Christina, wrote I'm just joking. Heartbreak, I'm just going along. Heartbreak, Heartbreak Hotel from 1988. Christmas with the Cranks. Uh, he also directed he directed such films as Harry Potter, and so The Sorcerer's Stone, and Chamber of Secrets. He also did Bicentennial Man. Mm, okay. And The Christmas Chronicles Part 2. Oh, okay. That was I didn't even thing. know they did the Part 2. Yeah, they did it uh, last year. Oh, that's right. Okay. Where <clears throat> um, what's her name came back? Yeah. Yeah. His wife, his real wife. Right. Santa Claus, whatever his name. Goldie Hawn. <laughs> Goldie Hawn. Thank yeah. you. Which is cute. I think that's so fucking adorable. Anyway, there's lots of stars in this film. I'm going to only go over the main characters. And when we go over the scenes, I'll point out some of the well-known actors. Okay. Okay. So, of course, starring Zach Galligan. He plays Billy. He was in Waxwork, Hatchet 3. Warlock, 
the uh, Armageddon, Armageddon, yeah, which is great. Uh, Hellraiser three, Hell on Earth, also starring uh, Phoebe Cates, who plays Kate. Uh, she was, of course, Drop Dead Fred, Fast yeah. Times at Ridgemont High, and has been actively on Broadway doing theater works such as The Seagull. And I had a biggest crush on her when I was a kid, man. Oh. Yeah. That's nice. Doesn't that upset you? I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. But okay. <laughs> well, you looked at me all weird. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? You didn't have any crushes on anybody in your, your young age? Leonardo DiCaprio. All right, see? When he was on fucking family ties alex oh okay that's gross that's he was underage go- that's how f- i was underage yeah but you're talking about him like now so that's gross no not now i'm kidding you asked <laughs> that's not fair you asked me if i had any and that's what i'm saying i'm <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry I'm just, i'll stop i'm just being stupid okay jesus people expect stupid antics from me okay okay all right we got hoyt axton who plays randy Holzer, Billy's dad. He was an American singer, songwriter, and guitarist. He wrote Joy to the World uh, that was made famous by Three Dog Nights. That's right, yeah. He also wrote The Punisher. The Pusher. No-no, the Pusher, sorry. The Pusher, No No Song, Greenback Dollar, Della and the Dealer, Never Been to Spain. That, yeah, that Joy to the World song, even Mariah Carey covered it in that Christmas album she did. Oh, God. That what? famous one. That's enough. But anyway, he's also acted in movies such as The Black Stallion from 1979 and a bunch of TV shows and TV movies. Okay. We also have Frances Lee uh, McCain, who plays Lynn, um, Billy's mom. Uh, she was in Foot- Footloose, Back to the Future, Stand By Me. She was also in Scream. Mm. Uh, more recently, she's been on episodes of Better Call Saul and Preacher. Mm, I didn't know that. Yeah. Now you do. More you know. <laughs> okay. Uh, the budget for this was $11 million. It, it grossed $153 million opening weekend Jesus at the box Christ. office. was $12 million. You know, they got $12 million opening weekend, but yeah, 153 over. Yeah. Wow. It just like became a cult classic, I think. That's great. But yeah, it's a great movie. What? What? Uh, how much do you oh, like? I hate this movie. I don't know why Pure people garbage? watch it. No, Pure garbage, Alex? Pure garbage. <laughs> 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 no, uh, I love this movie. This is a... When I was a kid, I mean, this was like one of the coolest things that had ever hit the television. You know what I mean? Like Gremlins Hell was yeah. was seriously one of those movies that just it just wrapped up everybody. Like it was like the fat. Like how you know we got into like the corn kid. It was like the corn kid times twenty, mm-hmm. and it lasted for like five years. You know what I mean? Because they put or it lasted for six, seven years or whatever. <laughs> Did you see the corn kid was on the Macy Day Parade? Yeah, they don't like him anymore. They threw him off the top of the thing. What? Yeah, well, they, did they threw him at the corn and then he missed. Why do you look at me like that? Like, <laughs> I swear to God, like she, she, if I say shit like this next to her and you guys aren't here, she'll fucking laugh at it all the time. But then when, when you're here, when you guys are here. <laughs> Um, anyway, I don't know. I don't want any harm to the corn kid, okay? Just to be clear. <laughs> all right. I love the corn kid, too, all right? Also, I wanted to mention, Chris Wallace did the puppet effects in this one. He did the fly for the effects in for Cronenberg's movie, which is considered a masterpiece, you know, for a remake. You know, it's like one of the best remakes because of the gore and everything that he used in that, the practical effects makeup. Which is amazing, but he actually ended up going on to direct The Fly 2, and that's why he didn't do the effects in the sequel of The Gremlins. So what did you think of the movie? Well, 
this is a classic film. This heavily character driven kind of movie that is just there's a lot of little fun things that happen in the movie that are constantly going on that just add to the characters and the and the character of the movie you know just little things of these little subtle nuanced things that you just don't think about that a lot of movies don't even add into their movies or they do it and they do it really badly you know what i mean like this is done in a way that is just fun it's a fun entertaining film I don't know. It just feels like they put a lot of thought into the characters and a lot of the like nuanced stuff that goes on. And and that's partially why it works so well. You know, the idea of these cute creatures that have the ability to turn into nightmarish creatures that go on a killing spree or rather a mischievous spree <laughs> because they cut down the the rating on this movie because it was supposed to be a much darker film than it was. Oh, but you can't do that with puppets, especially right. back then. Well, and it was a good idea to tone it down. You know, they, it's pretty crazy melting them, you know, when they melt in the sunlight, it's dark, There's or like get burned up. It's just fucked up. But it's one of those movies that was meant for an adult audience, but then turned into a PG film. And that's what made it a ginormous success. So for all of you out there who were like, oh, fuck PG films, you know, I get it. I'm one of those people. But if you think about it, sometimes it actually works. They want to get you young and then it will be in your brain for the rest of right. your life. And, you know, what, what if they would have made? I mean, I guess we would have liked it, but it probably wouldn't have been as endearing. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But just remember that next time we get mad at a movie that isn't rated R. OK, guys, like Megan. It's not for us. Yeah, it's you meant know, for those, a different generation. Yeah, those movies are not for us. Well, they were for us because we were born during those times. Well, this, yeah. this was for us. But yeah. I'm sure people of our age back then, yeah, we're like, what the all, fuck? When they were on their little public radio, oh, whatever, they had their little gizmos it. in the back because they didn't understand. gizmo on boards. They like they only wanted to watch like Universal monsters and shit, you know? Yeah, there is a lot of borderline scary moments and scary scenes in this movie, though, and I think that's why I it was enjoyed by adults though as well. So I don't think it was one of those movies that people were like bitching about. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, I think they just enjoyed it because they it charmed the pants off of them, you know? And and the, the characters are charming and the creatures are charming and they're, they're ridiculous and it's made a lot of people who are rabid fans. It's just really fun and it's made to be a part of that fun. The balance that they do with this movie kind of with the dark and the sweet, you know, is kind of this perfect balance that you don't really see in many movies. It's one of those movies that when I was a kid, I always felt like, should I be watching this? We had a lot of those when we were growing up. Mm-hmm. But I think it just it was something that was just meant to be. So meant to be happening. But I love this so much. And, you know, when it swept all over America, it was all over Lunchbox, Happy Meals, records at like the fast food places, which I have copies of somewhere. I think they're in my parents. Records? Yeah, they used to sell records like storybooks that oh, had I a record you, you in it. You had them? Mm-hmm. Oh. I can't remember if it was Burger King or mcdonald's it's probably burger king because they both kind of like fed into it and i don't remember but i just remember when i was a kid they had the christmas they had the the gizmo they were the gremlins books and they were like cartoon books but like you would have a record that you would follow along with it mm-hmm. you would put it on it's just one of those little small ones little singles and right. they, they would you would use that with it so but i, I don't know if they're worth anything anymore i know my parents have a couple so, like, it might put in their collect, you know what I mean? Like, when we packed up my attic at my parents' house, mm-hmm. that's when I found them. So, but anyway, 
since then, since I was a kid, it's become a big Christmas movie, although it's not my favorite Christmas horror film or Christmas film necessarily. That would be Christmas Evil, and we already talked about Christmas Vacation. But I'd give this one an 8.5 or a 9 out of 10, probably a 9 out of 10, just, just because. But I like this one just slightly. We'll just say, I'm not going to say if it's more or less until the next movie. We'll, we'll okay, tell you that. Okay, good. It is nostalgic, but I'll always rewatch it, and I'll always watch it with the sequel, like I said. What about you? This is a classic. It's my favorite Christmas movie, one of my favorite Christmas movies. I like it because it's a really creative story. Mm-hmm. Like, every scene has a purpose. Every context, like, all the dialogue has purpose. It's perfect. Like, it's not, like, there's no, like, filler or anything like that, in my opinion. And then they have the little things, like, his machine, the dad's machines and stuff, just they, adds to it. Yeah. yeah, and they had like little those little tiny side stories. And then I paid more attention this time. They even had like like little things like they had a conversation about seasonal depression. Like what the <laughs> fuck? Yeah. Like who did in 1984 they had that conversation? I thought that was funny. That was how they called and it then, back then. They never called it depression. Yeah, it was just right. seasonal depression. Yeah. But still, um, and then like when Dick Miller like he mentions like the gremlins in the machines and stuff, which is an actual like. A true thing and you know him talking about like you know war flashbacks or whatever yeah. you know it was the big really one good. they say the big one twice in that movie by the way right mr peltzer says it and so does futterman right mr futterman's talking about world war ii and the dad's talking about turning Vietnam. the mogwais into american toy uh-huh yeah which was happening in the 80s a lot right. with transformers and like right muscle men and all kinds of stuff right so, but even like the story and the like of the story, it, it it has the transformation of of Gizmo and then the rules that go along with it, which are a little it's really uh, good. And they never, no one ever really talks about like the mom and like she's the one who had to deal with like the first really violent encounter, <laughs> and it lasted like ten minutes longer than that. And she she really like put herself out there. She did a good job as an actress too, doing that. I thought, <laughs> but I do see Barbara Crampton. It would have been funny if she was in that role. Yeah, because I do. I totally. I, see I wouldn't her say doing she's it. like Sigourney Weaver. She's no Ripley. <laughs> No, but you know what I mean, because this is yeah. a motherly role. I get so. it. I'm just, I'm just teasing. Calm okay. down. Yeah, she's like Ellen that, Ripley in the kitchen. Like, I really <laughs> like the music in this. The worst the worst actor I did not like in this movie was that fucking dog. Because you could tell that fucking dog. Aww. It's like, I know, right? It's it's You could tell it's like, it keeps looking at its fucking trainer. And I, every time I look at the fucking dog, I'm like, it's looking at his goddamn trainer, like the fucking dog. You've seen too many movies. Yeah. I was like, oh. Anyway. And then uh, I also do not like whenever Gizmo is in distress, which was like a few scenes. It was way more than one. Like they totally ignore him and they don't care about him. (laughs) And he's like lying there in pain and he like needs help and they just like don't even fucking (laughs) care. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. I hated that. (laughs) And then, of course, they had the whole trope, which, you know, that, you know, nobody believes them when he's talking about it, which, you know, that's kind of well, common. And, and the flaws are definitely that the rules don't make a lot of sense and, and they there's a well, lot of overlap kinda, into like. But I like the rules. I like that yeah. there is rules and they're kind of like vampire rules. And I'm sure. like, OK, that's cool. Um, but I did. I totally like over overly paid attention this time because I was I was. 
I was like questioning, like, oh, he's like 21 years old and he's living with his parents. <laughs> like, well, you mentioned that, that his stocking stuffer had like toys yeah, in it. Toys and, in a lot, and you know, it's funny when I was doing my research, I found somebody was talking about that. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah they were see? like, he's like 20 something, you know? Yeah, like, well, he was at the bar, so he's is, obviously like 21. Why is there a toy robot like, in his stocking? Yeah. yeah. It's like, hey, Bitch, it's like, just because he's a nerd. Yeah, that's I was okay. gonna say, like, older kids play with fucking Gundam robots and, and shit. And like, <laughs> nobody shoots in this movie. The cops don't shoot anything in the movie. Uh, in this, in this movie. Um, and then the kids. Did you notice somebody shoots in this movie? Oh yeah, once. But I mean, it wasn't like a couple a big, times. A big thing. It wasn't like a shootout or anything. But anyway, did you notice the uh, the kids were at school on Christmas Eve? Oh, I, no. po- I, po- I was like, what? And then I really liked um, these little references to Wizard of Oz. Oh, I didn't I mean, catch those. You can kind of tell Miss Beagle is the Wicked Witch and she's going after his dog. Oh. And, you know what I mean? Just little stuff like that. I always catch the fucking Wizard of Oz shit because that is like, I think that Wizard of Oz is like the groundwork for a lot of movies. There's also a lot of uh, people that say it's a wonderful life, too. Oh, yeah. And of course, it's a wonderful life. And they p- fucking show it in the movie as well. Right. I mean, because they know. But anyway, nine out of 10, bitch. Really? Okay. So 10. we're in agreement, finally. Wow. You said 8.5. So no. I put a gun I'm to right. her head, guys, just so you know. <laughs> all right well hey nine out of ten from both of us that's pretty damn good you know um it's uh it's a movie that is a classic what are you gonna say about it i mean if you hate it you're soulless and you deserve to be to rot in hell merry christmas okay <laughs> i'm just fucking around <laughs> she takes me so seriously like jesus Where's the humor, Christina? Jesus. I'm empty. I'm empty. Yeah, God. Uh, Anyway, uh, something less tragic. We got a lot of trivia, and uh, we're going to talk about a few things here. So we're going to kind of go through these as quick as I possibly can. Uh, There is a lot, so don't expect a lot on our scenes, but we do want to talk about a couple of things. One thing in particular, uh, and the thing that she mentioned in her review, but... If you don't want anything spoiled and you've never seen this movie for some God unbeknownst reason, like I have no idea why you wouldn't have seen Gremlins one or two by now. If you haven't, it's up on HBO Max. You can watch it now. Part of the subscription, part one and two. But if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. So Gremlin, the definition is an imaginary mischievous sprite regarded as irresponsible for an unexplained problem or fault. Especially a mechanical or an electrical one. Oh. Yes. The word mogwai means devil or demon in Cantonese, which is kind of funny. So maybe like Gizmo's possessed or something, you know, like also when when they go to the store, you know, the store that Mr. Ying uh, has, or is it Ling or Ying? I can't remember. It's a wing, Mr. Wing. Mr. Wing, okay. He he basically has a store called Magic. That's what it says on the outside. When, when what's his name, when Mr. Peltzer goes to the stairwell and the kid looks up, there's a thing on the wall and it says, Strange God. Oh. So I don't know what kind of <laughs> shit's going on here, but what he's trying to say, but that's what it was there, you know. Um, also, did you know that this movie almost wasn't directed by... Uh, Joe Dante. Who was going to direct it? Tim Burton. Uh, I'm glad he didn't. Yeah, he didn't have a feature at the time, so they decided not to pick him. But yeah, he didn't have a feature under his belt, so... Good. They, they were like, meh. 
Emilio Estevez and Judd Nelson were also considered for the role of Billy. Oh. But the determining factor came when Spielberg, they were doing sort of a session with Zach Galligan and, uh, of course, Phoebe Cates. Mm -hmm. And he laid his head on her shoulder and he was like, Spielberg saw it. And he was like, see, he's already in love with her. (laughs) We got to We got to make him. We got to bring him in. This is perfect. This is too perfect. They were good together. Yeah, they were. But the kissing scene was a little awkward for Phoebe Cates because she thought of him as like a brother. Right. And Spielberg made him really nervous about the whole situation. So he kind of didn't make it, you know, right. right. right? He felt like it was awkward for him, too. Right. But that's okay. Even though he probably liked her, you know. Yeah. Who who didn't like Phoebe Cates back then? Like. She was in Drop Dead Fred, too, which yeah. I, I was like, I want that crazy bitch. <laughs> I don't care if she sees, like, adult men walking around acting weird. <laughs> she, that, never mind. What? Nothing. Go ahead. No, she's, that movie, she has mental illness. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind that. I mean, I do, too. Look at you. <laughs> anyway, we're not making fun of mil- mental illness. Chill the fuck out. Um, obviously we do know that, you know, there was a lot of puppets in this movie, but did you know that they almost considered using what animal in place of the a panda? <laughs> Come on, Christina. That's uh, way too big. Yeah. They're like bears, dude. Like what the fuck? A, uh, what are those squirrels called? The flying ones? No. Okay. I'll just stop you right there. <laughs> Wait, what? I used to own them. Fly. Um, they the were going to make squirrels. flying squirrels gremlins. Shit, what are they called? I used to own some. No, they were going to have the gremlins look exactly the way they were. They were just going to put masks on them. Oh, the gremlins. Yes. I was thinking more cute. Um, th- <laughs> That's why I'm like, flying squirrels? Are they going to use bats? <laughs> no. Okay, just stop. Well, then tell me, goddammit. Chimpanzees. Oh. They they brought a chimpanzee into the into the studio or whatever and they were like, "Here, put a mask on it." And it freaked out and started wrecking the place. So they were like, "Yeah, so puppets." Like a nope. Yeah. Right. He started ripping people's legs off and shit. <laughs> he got all fucking <laughs> biting people's arms off. Uh <laughs> Anyway, as you already know, you didn't even mention who did the voice of Gizmo. Oh, sorry. It was Howie Mandel. Yeah. Howie Mandel, by the way, does the voice of Gizmo. He actually did the voice for all the different language versions of Gizmo, too, as well. Mm-hmm. So he does like 26 different languages or some shit. He just has to say words. It isn't right. like he's like having conversations. Right. But I'm just saying he did it. Good. Isn't that an interesting tidbit? Yes. Am I not allowed to tell it because I didn't say it the way you wanted me to? No. Okay. Uh, all right. I was just saying. <laughs> I know, I'm teasing you. Anyway, I thought it was kind of interesting that he did it for all the different countries that the movie got out in. So all of Mrs. Deagle's cats are named after world currencies, by the way. Did you notice? No, I didn't notice that. She says dollar bill to the one that's on her lap that she goes down the stairs with. Or no, she picks, she has one on her lap. There's dollar bill, Kopeck, ruble, peso, and drachma <laughs> oh because God. she's the bank fucking owner. Right. Barney the dog, which the real name is Mushroom, by the way, actually was in Pumpkinhead playing a dog named Gypsy. Oh, I hope he did a better job in that movie. He yeah. sucked in this movie. <laughs> wow. Dead, dude. That's some respect. Yeah, he's been dead for a long time. <laughs> okay, let's just hope his spawn didn't go to be a, a dog Jesus. actor, okay? Nobody cares about the dog. They, like, they, once they got Gizmo, they're like, fuck the dog. <laughs> Even the dad was like, oh, I got to get that for my son. He, he needs a pet. 
Fuck Barney. <laughs> anyway, so the YMCA in the movie where Stripe jumps into the pool and it goes nuts was the same location that Joe Dante shot small soldiers. Oh, okay. Um, the house that they used was the same house that was built over the same YMCA that they used in the movie. Okay. How weird that he just ended up making a movie in the same spot, like, years later. Well, I mean, it was obviously on the Universal lot, too, like, the I don't know where it was, but yeah, that's what they said. Yeah. Some of the scenes that would have made this movie a lot darker, which it was intentionally supposed to be, like I mentioned, was that Barney was supposed to be killed. Oh, okay. Oh, but instead he went to Grandma's house. No, he got hung in the tree. Remember he got hung up? Well, yeah, he got hung up by the lights, and then the dad was like, oh, I'm going to take him to Grandma's house. Yeah, I don't know. That Oh, maybe. Is that why he wasn't in the rest of the film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you didn't catch that? Uh, so he was supposed to be killed. Mrs. Deagle was supposed to be tapped. Uh, decapitated while Billy comes into her house or something like that and he sees her head tumbling down the stairs. That would have been cool. <laughs> There's also a scene where, you know, remember the mom is fighting the gremlins in the kitchen and she stabs the first, well, the second one. Right. And the the creature is supposed to pull the knife out slowly and try to come after her or something. Uh-huh. They, they cut that out or they didn't add it in the movie. There was also to be a scene in McDonald's where the gremlins, instead of eating the food, they were going to eat the kids and everybody else in there. <laughs> <laughs> and even the science teacher, uh, who he brings one of the, the mogwai to. Right, and he gets killed. Yeah, he gets killed. He was supposed to have a ton of syringes in his face. Not just the one that was in his ass, but right. the one, all of them in his face. You find him dead under the, uh, the chair or this whatever. This movie needs to be remade. Well, maybe, maybe, I don't know. The adult version. I don't know. I don't know. The Futtermans also were supposed to be killed, which, you know, at the end of this movie, they talk about them over the radio. Right. Like that they're okay, you know, because they were supposed to get run over by the fucking, like, I don't know how they survived that anyway. They hid behind a fucking, I don't know, like lazy boy. It's movie magic, Alex. It's movie magic. (laughs) There was a lot of Easter eggs in this movie, too, that a lot of people don't recognize, and some do. Um, there was the one where I caught right off the bat was when Billy's walking down the street after they do the Rock and Ricky Rialto thing, which I'll tell you about more in a second. He says, oh, hi, Mr. What was the Dr. Moreau? Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, hi, Mr. Moreau. Is the, after Dr. Moreau's island, Island of Dr. Moreau. It was like a nod to that book. In that movie or whatever, you know. Oh. There's also um, Steven Spielberg did the movie Indiana Jones and the Temple. You know, Indiana Jones movies, period. And if you look on the billboard when they first pop on the movie, it's like, Reckon Rookie Rialto. Uh, that is a picture of Indiana Jones, but it's Rockin' Ricky. It's like a nod to Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. He was obviously, of course, a producer on this as well. And uh, they had a marquee of the town's movie theater, which has the names A Boy's Life and Watch the Skies. Did you see that? No. What is that? A Boy's Life was E.T.'s working title. Oh. And Watch the Skies was Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Working title? Working title for Spielberg's films. Oh. So, and they quote E.T. in this movie. One of the gremlins pulls the wires to the phone. Oh, that's right. And he's like, phone home. Remember? Yeah. And then, even at the end, Stripe is hiding in the store behind what? E.T. plushie with Bugs Bunny, because it was a Warner Brothers. This was the Warner Brothers and uh, 
Amblin Entertainment um, movie. Oh. It was the first movie that the Amblin Entertainment actually put their stamp on. Mm-hmm. So Spielberg is even in a scene when the dad is on the phone talking to the mom. When Spielberg, there's like a part where he's like on a cart and he passes in front and he's got like a broken leg. That's Steven Spielberg. Oh. So I th- there's a lot of like Spielberg stuff in this movie. You know right. what I mean? There's even a scene. There was a guy that was next to him. There was a guy in like a cowboy hat. I don't know if you caught that. Like when he's in that phone booth again. Oh, yeah. And yeah. It's a cowboy. That is Jerry Goldsmith, the composer of the, the music. Oh, okay. And if you also also notice on that same sign on another time there, he's on the phone. You see the H.G. Wells time machine, the old time machine in the background. Mm-hmm. And there's an old man on it kind of messing right, with stuff. Right. I've never noticed this. And I've seen this movie a million times. If you watch closely, they cut away to the woman on the phone, to the mom on the phone mm-hmm. or whoever on the phone. And when they go back, the time machine's gone. And there's two people like f- freaking out behind, looking at a puff oh, of smoke yeah, behind. Yeah. And I've uh. never noticed that. How did I not See, notice that? Because there's so much layering in this movie. Yeah. They really did put a lot of effort into these kind of things. Yeah. It's like, where, like, can you imagine, like, when they're putting this up, they're like, we just need to do a quick phone scene. And they're like, okay, but if we're going to do that, we need Robbie the the robot. robot, And then he needs to, you You know. You mean Robbie the robot. Then the time machine and all this other shit. Well, his name's Robbie the robot. There's trivia on it. That's why. Right. You just said it. Yeah. It's from Forbidden Planet, if you don't know. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if it's like Doctor Who or. Was it on a TV show or something? No, it was a movie called Forbidden Planet. Oh, okay. Anyway, but I just thought it was really cool about the time machine because I'm a huge H.G. Wells fan with the mm-hmm. time, the original time machine. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. I even like the new one too, but the original is one of my favorites. There was a lot of people that had some theories on Dante's use of like imagery in the movie. There was a lot of nuclear items in the movie, not nuclear films mm-hmm. and posters and stuff like that. Symbols of nuclear stuff all throughout the film. And some think that this is kind of like eh, somebody's telling of like the nuclear age. But I think it's really just like they were older guys that grew up on those films mm-hmm. and they just liked them. But a lot of people were saying that the similarities are that the first atomic bomb was called the gadget uh-huh the gadget is also another terminology for what a gizmo that's another oh, word okay so they're like you know some people are trying to piece that together i'm not exactly on board with that i think it's a little too much there's also this whole world war ii thing because you know the futtermans talk about it they even have like a, a scene where the gremlin shoots the gun at, at phoebe and misses and it hits a picture on the wall and it's a World War Two jet. Right. Well, I mean, that was the, the time, though, too, because a lot of, like, it was, like, the, the later middle-aged, uh, like, grandparents of that era were, were in World War Two. So that had a lot of influence on, you know, their kids and grandkids. Right. I'm sure. I'm sure it and does. And I'm I mean, sure, and, and probably Joe Dante and Steven Spielberg, too. Well, plus the origins of the word gremlin. Yeah, exactly. From, from mechanical, World, yeah, yeah, World War One, I, I think it comes from, but still. But there's also some like weird East versus West theories in the and like economic bullshit that they talk about because he goes to Chinatown in the beginning of the movie to buy what something he can't get in America, and then it goes wrong and destroys everything in America. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And there was a, this this fear back then of like the the Chinese economy beating the American one. 
um, with like technology and stuff like that. And so silly. Why does it even matter? I know. I'm just saying this is theories right. that people yeah. are saying. I don't. I'm. I'm not. I'm just pointing it oh, out. Oh, I know. And I, I'm just. I'm just. I'm saying journaling. It, yeah, I know. It's just like it's silly that people think like that. That's all I'm saying. Well, it may. It may. I don't know if it's true, but I'm just saying like there are those theories, but. Also, the last one was Kingston Falls is obviously a lot of people feel is a nod to Bedford Falls in It's a Wonderful Life. Of course. His mom is watching the one you said on the TV, like you mentioned. Uh, when he comes home from work, uh, that's that's when she was watching it. It was like in the kitchen when he does the, the egg and the orange juice thing. Um, but the science teacher is also showing a movie like... Right. A, a science movie by F- Frank Capra, who is who made It's a Wonderful Life. Frank Capra is also on the wall when the woman goes up the the ramp. Right. The bank teller. Uh-huh. She hits his picture uh-huh. on the wall. See, there's so many layers. It's too much. It's like what the <laughs> You're like fuck, having a dude? Panic attack. I was blown away by a lot of this stuff, you know? The more similarities that both the main characters of It's a Wonderful Life work at a bank. Right, exactly. Both work at banks who have shit bosses who are controlling the town with greed. Greedy. She's trying to put all these businesses out, and she won't help anybody. Right. But Kingston Falls is and was shot on the Universal Backlot, same one as Back to the Future, of course. Or Hill Valley for that right. movie as well. Right. So you, lots of movies. Yeah, that's the one everybody always mentions is these two. Yeah, Back to the Future and this one. Yeah, but you can see it in so many movies. It's so ridiculous. Like I oh, think the TV Wednesday show? movie is. Oh yeah, show the, the Wednesday, Wednesday show, show is, is shot is on the filmed, back lot. Yes, on the back, back back lot. Yeah. Because it's just it's so fucking reminiscent. You can't like you can't mistake well, it's a it. Small town. They like, always shoot it from different angles to make it seem different, but you can right. always tell. Well, and you style it, too, to make it look different. Right. So that's pretty much it. Those are There's so much trivia that I could do four episodes of the same movie and not trip over any of the trivia. I'm really surprised they didn't do a uh, the films that made us episode about this movie. Right. Yeah, because I, I, I looked it up, too, and I yeah, couldn't find I it. Could, I was yeah, like, there wasn't one. I was like, oh, They did weird. Ghostbusters they did and The Goonies. Shining. They and, did Goonies. And, and Gremlins was a huge property Yeah. Uh, at the time. So, I mean, I don't know what, because that was a huge part of the 80s, man. Oh, yeah, totally. I remember, I remember seeing gizmos all over the place. It was like the... Yeah. Like Gumby and like, my brother was into Gumby and stuff, and like Gizmo was like even more popular. Mm-hmm. Like, which they make a lot of jokes in the sequel. So we'll he was talk like about a that. Pokemon shit. Yeah. But we do have a couple of scenes that we wanted to mention. I got a couple of things that have some trivia in it. There was just some funny things that like in the beginning, the um, the bank owner lady, she talks about Mrs. Deagle. She talks about putting Billy's dog in the washer on, on spin cycle. <laughs> and it's really dark. And it's like, you realize just how dark this movie was going to be. Mm-hmm. And when she says it over and over and over again, and then the townsman, there's like some guy, he's like, I think he was like one of the merchants. And he was like, yep, that'll do it. <laughs> that'll kill it. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus. Oh, and how Gerald was like, this is a bank, not a pet store. Right. I I, immediately, <laughs> like, I was like, he would have been job, Gerald. fired too. Like. There's oh, yeah, no totally. way he would have had a job. Yeah. Well, even now. Uh, there's no way. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Now he would know there's even no then, way. Even then, they wouldn't. But it's a small town. So. Right. That's true. You know. 
Not like they're going to be able to find new people all the time so easily, right? Right, <laughs> right. I like the the part when Corey Feldman shows up in the Christmas outfit oh, to yeah. deliver the Christmas tree, and Is then his they, name's like Pete. Oh, I don't remember. And then he like goes up in his room, and then the you know, and then that whole thing unfolding, and then he, the gizmo gets wet. I really like that whole scene. Yeah, because Corey or Pete. Corey Feldman's character spills water on the back of Gizmo. And he's really sweet with it, you know? Like, it's, like, super sweet. Yeah, until he starts having seizures and convulsing because he has water on him. <laughs> I know. And then they, 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 they completely ignore Gizmo, and they're like, oh, look at this furry ball. Yeah, why is he screeching like that? <laughs> That's weird. That's annoying. Anyway, well, look, what's this over here? <laughs> It's oh like, my god, dude. Dude, like, like if my animal was like convulsing and freaking out, I'd be like, Oh my god, are you okay? Even like, at the hospital, we would be right there. They're just like, Well, I guess it just dies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'll just die. That's what Gizmo was like, Well, I guess that's like meme or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, well they get five new ones, and then Stripe almost bites Pete. He was like, Well, that one's a mean one. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, can I get one now? And he's like, yeah, they're cool. They're cool. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, there's rules, though. There's rules. <laughs> but, yeah, which they tricked Billy into finding, you know, the, the whole alarm clock thing always made me wonder when I was a kid. Oh, when they bit the alarm clock yeah. to make it stop? It's like. I was like, why don't you check your cell phone, idiot? <laughs> or your Casio watch. Yeah. <laughs> Douchebag. <laughs> I mean, if it's that important, you double check, right? <laughs> Well, again, you know, young, you know, adult. Fucking, He's a fucking kid. Like, right. I really liked it when uh, <laughs> they they started to take the egg for him. You know, then it started oh. getting dark, and then they started hatching and stuff. Wow. Yeah, and then wait, 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 let me see if I can do it the right way. Don't say anything. <laughs> Sound like a dying cat. That's what it was. Oh, well, they didn't sound like that. <laughs> yeah, there's totally cats' noises. Then they do that. They do it two times. They do it when the egg sacs are hatching, and then the time where Stripe jumps in the pool, they play that, that weird cat dying sound. Mm -hmm. Or cat getting raped or something. Because that's how they sound when they're having sex, too. When they're gang-banging. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that stuff. That's what... <laughs> That's what we hear every once in a while because these Dude. goddamn feral cats here they gangbang each other. It's like gangbang. Yeah, you open the door, and you yell at them, and you see like ten cats. Yeah, they're all taking like, turns. Run, Jesus, Jesus, what's going it's, on? It's it's not very like this is not a happy thing. It's not like you know you when people make love to have a baby like this is like pure rape. Like it's what it feels like when you hear the cats. It's like oh god. <laughs> <laughs> I thought something was dying outside of the house a couple I, times. I thought it was so cute when Gizmo was on the dartboard. Oh, you know <laughs> why they did that? Like, why? Because um, the Gizmo would break a lot. He was so tiny. Oh, the puppet? Yeah, the puppet was so small that they, it kept breaking. Uh-huh. And so they would have multiple different Gizmos and stuff like that. Um, And they used... That's one of the broken ones oh and they they tied it to it yeah they, oh, and they had a right. list they had a list of what like what they would do with uh you know how do we torture gizmo they had a list that they wrote down so they could add it in the movie at any point they wanted oh that's funny 
The last thing I want to mention is that the, there was this, the scene where Kate tells her tragedy on Christmas and why she's not a fan of Christmas because they found her dad in the chimney. Oh God. <laughs> it was like the most random story in the Dude. middle of the movie, which I thought was hilarious. I liked that. Did the camera angle and everything. Yeah. And like, it was so serious. Yeah. She was like, he was. He was going to surprise us in the morning, but he slipped and broke his neck. And that's how I found out that there's no Santa Claus. <laughs> and that was it. That's all you hear about it. The the rest of the movie. There was a debate. They, uh, the producers wanted to cut it out because they felt like it was so out of place and so too dark. Uh-huh. And Dante was like, no. He's like, that's the balance. Right. Right. You can't. You can't have it. You can't have the movie without it. Right. And uh, so they kept it in. But if you know the sequel. You yeah, know, there's a there's a there's Easter joke. egg yeah. that we'll talk about there. This is great. It is fantastic. I love it. <laughs> Did you also notice who was playing one of the deputy policemen? Oh yeah, yeah. It was Jonathan Bakes from Breaking Bad. Yeah, it's, which yeah. I thought is awesome because you know you don't you didn't really see him you know until Breaking Bad. He's like, always he was, been a dick, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was funny. He was so young. There's also a shot at the end of the movie, which I think that, um, so our Dario Argento, um, put out demons one and two, he produced them. Right. Okay. And Lamberto Bava did the sequel to demons. There is a scene that is almost identical to the, the, um, gremlin scene where stripe is on the camera and he pops up on all the televisions uh-huh. and then Billy smashes one of the televisions that's a, in the in the Demons 2 movie, the same thing happens, except the guy starts mash, smashing all of the fucking cameras and everything or all the all the TVs and everything to keep her from coming at him. Oh, so I feel like he got they got the idea because that, that's two years later. Demons 2 came out. So and it looks if you guys look at the two scenes, it kind of I mean, I could be wrong, but, you know, if they got inspiration from Gremlins, so what? Right. But I just think it's interesting because it does totally remind me of that. Mm-hmm. But we do have another movie that we're going to talk about, and that is Gremlins 2 and The New Batch from 1990. The Gremlins are back, and this time they've taken control of New York City media mogul's high-tech skyscraper called the Clamp Industries Building. This is obviously by Joe Dante. We know who he is and everything like that. And I also want to clear up something I forgot to mention uh, in the burbs. I got Toby Hooper and Dante, Joe Dante mixed up in the, in the, Uh-oh. yeah, I was like, cause I was like, you can kind of see the Texas Chainsaw Massacre joke part two. Cause we had watched that uh, and Toby Hooper did that. Not, not, right. not Joe Dante. I don't know why I said that, but it did. Some of the humor did remind me of it. Cause it's kind right. of dark humor in the burbs. Anyway, I just want to clear that up. Josh from Bloody Good Film Podcast uh, mentioned that. Shout out. So he, he pointed that out to me. And I was like, like, yeah. Look at you. He was like, look here, mister. You fucking piece of shit. You, you fucking should know between yeah. fucking Piranha and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you idiot. Guys, <laughs> when you're like talking about so much stuff, it just happens. Anyway, Chuck Jones did some of the animation sequences. He worked with Dante a lot in a lot of different movies that he did. Did a ton of Looney Tunes, cartoon work, and movies like Stay Tuned, Mrs. Doubtfire. He passed away in February 22nd of 2002. Um, He was uh, aged 89. So, Oof, that's a long time. Yeah. 
Uh, we also had writers Charles S. Haas, who wrote Tron, Matinee, Tex, and Over the Edge. This time, instead of Chris Wallace, we got Rick Baker on the effects, who, you know, he did a lot of Star Wars, Thriller, American Werewolf in London, Howling. Let's just say Rick Baker's no one does know, knows his shit. Uh-huh. Um, so they kind of lucked out getting him. And, you know, Chris Wallace was ahead of his time, but he was directing The Fly 2. So he directed that movie instead, and that's why he couldn't do this one. Mm-hmm. But we got a lot of the returning characters, uh, some new ones that I'll mention here. We got John Glover, who plays Daniel Clamp, the CEO. He was in Scrooge, where he plays the young CEO replacement for Frank Murray's part. Uh-huh. And he was in The Mouth of Madness as the mental health director. Um, he did the voice of the Riddler in Batman, the animated series as well. Oh, he was in RoboCop two as like one of the like salesmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was in meet the hollow heads. He was also in the movie Batman and Robin. Right. As one of the scientists. I remember. Yeah. Plus many more. I think it was a uh, Batman and Robin. Didn't it have a uh, poison uh, Ivy in it. Yeah. And wasn't uh, he the Arnold one that died to poison Ivy? Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember that much. I could remember. I'm pretty sure. But that's I remember he was in it. He was a scientist. Yeah. yeah. I think he was the one that she like screws over or something. Oh, okay. I don't know. Anyway, we also got Robert Picardo who plays Forrester, the head security guy who's got the mullet in this one. He's in Star Trek Voyager. He's bald in, in the shows. You know, he was like bald right. ever since then. Um, he was in Inner Space, Star Trek First Contact. He did the Orville, Smallville, Stargate SG-1 and more. We got Christopher Lee, the famous classic. Yeah. He plays Dr. Catheter. (laughs) He was in, obviously, The Wicker Man. He was Saruman, the Lord in The Lord of the Rings. He was Count Dooku in Star Wars Episode 2. But more importantly, he played Dracula multiple different ways. In the 70s, like every single year. 60s and 70s. He went all the way back. Like, this guy's like Classic. classic horror film. Obviously, he was in Sherlock Holmes as well. He did, he played a lot of parts, but right. I'm not going to go through them all. And I'm glad he was in this. Yes, that's definitely a bonus. Um, there's some pretty interesting stuff on that, too. Haviland Morris, who plays Billy's boss, the redheaded girl who is in 16 Candles. She was in Home Alone 3, One Life to Live, the TV series, and Who's That Girl with Madonna. Yeah. Who's that? Yeah, and more. I love that movie. That's a good movie. She's got that accent, you know, the f- old uh, 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 old New York accent. <laughs> oh, Billy! Like the, the Ghostbusters lady. Yeah. Who does the front desk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we also have Getty Wantanabe, who is Mr. Katsuji, who did UHF as Cooney. He was the, like, chef that did the fish and stuff like that. He was also in 16 Candles as well as one That's of the kids. That's right. He was classic in that yep. one. He was also in Vamp. He was. Uh, he also played Hiroshi on Sesame Street for many episodes. Uh-huh. And he was Nurse Yosh Takata on ER. Oh, okay. For, like, 58 episodes. He was yeah. a big part of that. Right. This movie had a budget of 30 to 50 million it's like kind of unknown because of probably uh marketing but i would say probably 50 million dollars that they spent on this movie mm-hmm. the box office it only made 41.5 million Oof. 10 million in the first week um it, it basically was released on june 15th 1990 the same day as dick tracy uh in its first weekend it made 9 million 702 and then it ultimately like i said made about 41.5 
It was the 31st highest grossing film of the year behind a few other films in the comedy, horror, or fantasy genre, such as Back to the Future 3 beat it with $87 million, dude, almost 88. Edward Scissorhands beat it, 56 million. Arachnophobia beat it for 53 million, which is crazy to me. Uh, Like, I like that movie, but it's not Gremlins. (laughs) You know what I mean? Do you think they waited too long? Probably, but I think they did. I'll tell you more about that later. It did, however, outperform Predator 2, which only got 30 million, which is kind of understandable. <laughs> Child's Play 2 got on 28 million, and The Exorcist 3 only got 26 million, which I mean, talk about a movie that is like a sequel way too late. Yeah, the sequel of Exorcist Part 2 ruined. Right. Part three for everybody, which really Exorcist three is supposed to be the sequel to the original one. Right. But is really just William Blatty's uh, or no, whatever his name's book, Legion. Right. Which is so confusing. Um, Anyway, Christina, what are your thoughts on this movie? Yeah, it was okay. It was good. Uh, They upped the special effects on this, Mm -hmm. which I think kind of dampered the, you know, I think it kind of dampered it to me. They, they tended to have cuter gremlins in this. You know, they had gremlins with more personality, you know, to their themselves, which is okay. Yeah, I don't think it was as good as the first one. But it does, it really gets into it really fast. Um, it gets into the gremlins faster. But I, that's probably because they don't need to have, like, an explanation about, like, how everything's going down. So right. that makes sense. I liked how they the smart building aspect of it i really like that part you know because they have you know everything's like technology advanced for the 1990s but it's more silly like this movie's more silly than the other one Mm -hmm. which i don't know i i I didn't like that part of it it's cute uh i love that christopher lee's in this and they all the christopher lee's in this who's like dracula and then they had somebody from the adams family and then they had no, somebody from Oh, yeah, the they mu- did. Yeah, and the monsters, right? Was well, it- that guy played one of the monsters on a TV show. Yeah, but but I remember him from that. And I thought that was really classic to bring back that nostalgia and pull it, in, you know, put it in with, you know, this movie. I liked it. I thought it was a good idea. Um, he used to be a, like a horror host. Right. An actual horror host. Right. And then in this, this movie, he did horse. the same thing. Yeah. Um, I do wish there was more gizmo in this movie. It really lacked the gizmo and the gizmo they had in there. It was very, again, like you said, there, there was, it wasn't really like a puppet thing. It was a lot of special effects, which I guess is okay. No, it was it's, a puppet. It was just more articulate. Yeah. It was, uh, okay. It was okay. Six out of ten. Are you joking? No. Oh, I hate I you. didn't enjoy it as much. I love this movie. I don't kinda, care what anybody says. And it kind of dragged in the middle for me, too. Dude, this movie is packs a punch, dude. Like, okay, tell me about it. Six years after the original, while I will say I admit that it isn't as popular as the first one, doesn't bother me one bit, and its tone is completely different. Like, the first one is sentimental, scary at times, and funny and entertaining. So it's kind of like the full package for, like, you know, origin story and everything. But the sequel is I feel made for the fans and it, and it, it, and it makes fun of itself in this movie a lot. You know, it's, it, uh, makes fun of its first, the first movie's flaws in some regards, which, you know, it doesn't in a loving way, but I'm sure some people maybe didn't like that. I can understand that. 
like the rules of the uh, the gremlins has always been kind of loose they make fun of that in this one um you know f- they have phoebe kate's tragedy again in this one they make fun of you know i just feel like it's a fan movie made for people who were big fans of the first movie but it has a a large heaping of comedy and self-deprecation maybe that doesn't fly with everybody you know what i mean because mm-hmm. of that right it doesn't some people just don't like part two though you know and i understand that but i'm not one of those people i think it's just as good as the first and it just does different things and i love it for that reason i think it's it really goes for the fucking gust like it just takes it places and like crazy places and i don't know it's what a a sequel should do you know it's bigger more wilder moments it's super fucking creative and 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 funny and it got a PG-13 rating, too. So it was, it's just a little darker in some regards. It is, it is a little darker, you're right. Um, the technology had a, you know, it definitely has caught up a bit. And they were able to do a lot more with the gremlins that they than they could on the last one. There was a lot of, I don't, and I know a lot of people don't realize this, like they do claymation. They did claymation yeah, stuff the in the first, first one. one, like the gremlins running down the street, any of the close-up shots of, of uh, uh, Gizmo-like's face and stuff. They did the animatronics. We're not doing the facial stuff real well back in the first one. Mm-hmm. So they just had very minimal stuff. So when you see his face and it's kind of up close and kind of like got that glare on it, they do this like shiny glare on it. Right. And that is definitely claymation. Right. Stop motion animation. Stop motion, yeah. The puppets are much more elaborate and articulate in this one and expressive. There's just a ton of things that we overlooked that, you know, they're top notch in this one. You know what I mean? Like, they really kind of cover a lot of the area that they couldn't do a lot of stuff and made it better, I think. It's just a lot more to this movie. Plus, you know, the creatures get to wreak havoc in a large commercial building that's part of a mall and part everything. So they can go into food courts. They can go into doctor's offices. They can go into science labs that are doing biological technology. You know, like it's just it's just runs the gamut of like anything they can do. Like that's why it's so hard to figure out a sequel to this. Because they threw everything in the kitchen sink into this one. Oh yeah. You know, they had a they had a floor for just about every business or whatever they wanted to use for any ideas that they could come up with. Mm-hmm. And they even keep the gadgets theme in this one with the corporate style. Right, with the, the revolving door not yeah. working and everything breaking, like yeah. the elevators and the The phone, the video phone doesn't work right. Right, yeah. Like I love that aspect. I think yeah, that's I great. I do too. I do too. I think that's like it's important in this kind of movie. Like yeah. you just I don't know what it is, but it just kind of felt right with the first movie. It gives it charm. Mm-hmm. They decided to go to the route of giving each other each of the gremlins a more of a character type. So they have not all of them, but just quite a few of them. A bunch of different ones with real personalities. One that gets into trouble, uh, specifically a lab that's doing biological experiments, which is just great to me. There's all sorts of wild cartoonish versions, you know, including a a female gremlin, which is probably an ode to like Bugs Bunny or the Smurfs or something, you know, in some Mm way. Maybe both. But let's just say anybody that usually gets upset about that kind of stuff in today's movie i wonder if this is like the reason they're like oh they're trying to force it down our throats (laughs) (laughs) there's a female gremlin in here what the fuck (laughs) they don't have tits or pussies you know like i don't know what they're thinking anyway i'm just teasing but they even have like electric gremlin they come in electric too they do now (laughs) 
<laughs> That's a line in the movie, guys. Sorry. Uh, anyway, the characters in this are as zany as the first one, I think, but they also don't take them so seriously. They're nuanced and have all so many different side stories to each one of them that are going on at once to give each of the characters more depth, just like the first movie did. And that, to me, is great even down to a vampire horror host that tools around the building with a tourist guy who's just animated as hell and can't hold the camera straight whatsoever, which is just kind of <laughs> insane. There's a ton of actors and actresses in this movie, like cameos galore, like and just a lot of really funny dialogue too. Christopher Lee has some pretty funny moments in this movie as well, and he's really yeah. good at it. Hulk Hogan, Dick Budkiss, Gomez weird. Adams is in here. Right. I mean, there's just a ton. There's so many extra, and I'll and I'll mention some of them in the uh, extras. But I don't know. This is just a super entertaining film, and there's not a single boring moment to the film to me at all. It probably flows better than the first one in some ways. Like it's really? just it's Thanks. just really fast. Yeah, it is fast. It like I didn't find any like boring moments well, in this whatsoever. Like in the towards the middle. I always I just found You're it was like everything separated. was funny. I don't know first one's just a really a good balance of horror sentimental and that charm you know and this one sort of is like you know a fun wild ride that's completely self-aware it isn't afraid to belittle itself for bad choices in the first or this movie and it's just you know it's sort of like steamrolled past a lot of the like <laughs> like if you really think about the rule set for this gremlins it's really you could it's it's got a lot of fucking holes in it you know what i mean like mm -hmm. And they make, there's a really funny scene in this movie about those rules too that I really liked. But I'd like to give, I'd say this is a nine out of 10 again for me. I, I would watch this again every single time I watch the first one. I think it's a completely different movie than the other one. Um, Joe Dante thinks this is the better film of the two actually as well. And uh -huh. so I, I don't think it's the better film. I just think it's as good. It's just a different film. Um, but yeah, it's fun, creative. And it can take a joke, so I just I just like to rewatch this one a lot, but I wouldn't watch it without the other anyway. So yeah, I'm just giving it a nine as well. So if any of you out there that love the sequel, I'm your boy. You're pure garbage. I'm your boy. You're pure garbage. <laughs> Come limping in here with that six, you fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing. I love you. <laughs> you really like it over the first one. You you really like the first one over this? Yeah, I really do. Hmm. It's interesting. Is there a specific reason you think? I don't know. Well, I kind of watched them back. You to like back the balance too, on the first so one more? I like more? the balance. There wasn't as many layers in this one either. Okay. You know what I mean? I didn't like the story as much either because it's kind of ridiculous if you think about it. Even though I mean, I mean, obviously none of it is possible. But they go to you know what I mean? Like we'll get into it. Right. Okay. Well, we do have a lot of trivia for this. It's, well, just a little bit, actually. And uh, we'll go over that right now. We'll try to cut through that and then maybe go over a couple of scenes. There's some things. Uh, I got some news about the Gremlins 3 and what's been going on with that. We'll talk about that as well. So, But if you know anything spoiled, you've never seen this, obviously, go to HBO Max, pop it on, watch it with the other one, and uh, enjoy. But if you know anything spoiled, here is your warning. So I mentioned Christopher Lee being in this movie, and we, we talked about him a little bit, playing Dr. Catheter. Do you know what his full name was? Oh, God. Dr. Cushing Catheter. Cushing was also another actor who acted in Hammer Horror. Oh, that's right. And they were like co-stars in a right. lot of movies together, and Cushing played different parts as he played different parts. Uh-huh. So it's just really cool. I don't know why. I just think that's really that funny. Cool. I like that. 
I don't know. I thought it was a great name. Yeah. Uh, he also, they also talk about, um, you know, I think he, he wanted to make it up to Joe Dante. So he did this role um, because he was in the movie Howling 2, which my, my sister's a werewolf. Oh, that's right. <laughs> which he said was, he was, Pure garbage. he said he was sorry for being in it <laughs> to Joe Dante on set. And it is so bad. It's good. I, I think that's one of the better. So bad. It's good movies. It uh-huh. cracks me up. But he apologized to Dante anywhere on the set of Gremlins for being in it. So I thought that was funny. The dad from the first movie, Randall Peltzer, was supposed to be in the end of the movie giving Gizmo a wetsuit. And the actor was eager to be a part of part two, but they didn't want him in it because there was way too many scenes that they had gone over budget with. And they didn't want to cut any because it cost so much money. Right. And they thought, well, it doesn't really matter if he shows up with the wetsuit anyway. Right. You know, like yeah. it's not a big deal. It's but big deal. yeah, he it's thought it was weird that they never added him back in the movie. Yeah. Because he was the the storyteller in the first yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. Know? I thought that was weird too, but they brought back the neighbors, you know? Well, and the kid, you know, like it really wasn't a story about Billy. It was about him and his son. Yeah. You know? But anyway, Joe Dante didn't really want to do the movie. So producers said, all right, well, we'll just give you full creative freedom. And extra money. Yeah, okay. And he was no like, he was like, okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, because obviously, like, Steven Spielberg in the first one had his hands everywhere. Right. They didn't know? know where to do the story and they kind of tried to come up with us some ideas. Vegas was one of the ones that came up that they were going to do. Um, but then they decided to do New York because you always, it's always a high rise. If you don't know where to do a movie, you know, put it in a high rise. Well, when you run out of ideas, Evil Dead, yeah. Rise. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, just put it in a high rise. <laughs> I think they even Hellraiser technically did it in high rise as well because I think right. it, it was in the prequel. Right. Where the yeah, they're in a high rise <laughs> building or whatever. <laughs> Are you trying to write a movie right now? Don't know where to put it. I mean, just put it in a high I don't rise think it's building. a bad idea to put it in oh, a high no, rise. I don't, I don't either. I don't either. So. I like I like the concept of having everything right there. I like I like the idea. I think I'm I'm excited for the Evil Dead one. I'm hoping it's good, but I saw some pictures and I was like, oof. Kind of looks like a kids movie. Uh-oh. So, I don't know what's going on. There's a lot of young actors in there and I don't know what they, you know, these old men are thinking. They're like, "We got to get some young blood in there," you know, or something. It's like not and, that young. And then all you guys are going to be like, "Get off my lawn." Dude, if it's PG-13, I'm going to fucking you're still going to watch it. I'm gonna, yeah, I'll watch it, but I'm going to kick the television a couple of times because that's just stupid. We'll see. Anyway, uh, the opening where they had Daffy Duck and Bugs Money, like. <laughs> if you were like, like, what's going on? <laughs> no, I just didn't remember that part. But I, right. But the opening scene where the aerial shot is flying into the city. Right. That's actually from Superman 4. That oh footage. That you stock footage. Yeah, from <laughs> the, the Superman Peace on Earth or whatever the fuck it was, the worst one, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Where he, like, sends the rockets back into the sun. Oh, uh, okay. It was, like, the Earth-conscious, like, forcing it down your throat woke movie, I guess. People didn't like it back then. <laughs> uh, that's what they were saying, anyway. Um, yeah, it's the quest for peace. That's what it's called. The Hulk Hogan scene in the movie was kind of out of place. It but, was completely out of place. It pissed me off. But it makes sense when you're watching it in the theater. Uh, they had, you know, like the gremlins. He was like, you better stop it right now or the Hulk Hogan's going to come get you. Gremlins, you better stop. Dude, was Hulk Hogan even popular in 1990? Yes, of course he was. I thought he was only like mid-80s. And no. Then he just kind of died. He no. just kind of died. No. 
And then he did a reality show. Dude, he went on into the 2000s, Christina. Well, yeah, but he did a reality show in the mid-2000s. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway. He dead. The point I'm bringing it up is not because of him. It's I'm also talking about that in the release, the VHS release of Gremlins 2, instead of doing that scene, they cut him out. Oh, oh. And they put in the Gremlins infecting a John Wayne movie. And oh. being like, uh, like you know, they were like pop up on the screen. Is oh my god, I remember static. that static. They were like static in the in the snow. What the fuck? I want to see that. Yeah, I saw. So I watched a clip of it on YouTube. I think there's a video up there. Um, but yeah, that they okay, replaced it with that. But on our version, it's the theatrical version, right? So, so the the VHS version is is that. There I think well, they the you might have it on another version. There might just be another copy, or might have an extra segment. Well, no, that's I just that's really creative that they did that. Right, that. brain the brain gremlin was voiced by Tony Randall, who worked on uh, you know on other stuff, but Tim Curry almost did the voice of him. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, he but has I think that voice. I think Tony Randall did a good job. Yeah, he did good. There was a scene in the movie where clamp shows that we're gonna have to play this tape you know for the end of the world you know because, oh yeah yeah which is like this like the company's dying it's yeah. the end of the world and he's like crying because of the video you know and he's like <laughs> i i love clamp's character because he's like not your typical ceo right he's like the caring but not caring right he's like you he's know he's a selfish caring he, he's an opportunist that's also kind of selfish but also kind of cute and boring like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, right. there's like scenes of him when he's up in the room, like just pacing around looking for something to do. We got something to do. Let's let's, uh, let's, let's do memos. memos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he shows that video and they found out that one of the news networks actually had a, such a video like this, like in real life, prepared to run in case of the end of the world. CNN is one of those places. Well, you know, the BBC has had has always had something prepared for when the queen died. The big black cock? Oh, the TV station. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's it. Did they air it? Yeah, they did. Oh. Obviously, she died. Right, I get that. But could you imagine, like, she she lived to, She like, did? She lived to, like, 98, so they've been hanging on to this for, like, 40 years, you know? They're like, can you just sign this? <laughs> bitch, die, bitch. Oh, my God, Christina. Anyway, um, so uh, Gomez Adams is in this. Well, the the black and white Gomez Adams. He's the janitor. Yeah, he was the janitor in this movie in the very beginning when they first show up the building. He's the one who got water on Gizmo. Right. And there is a scene where the creature says Gomez. One of the, or, or Gizmo says Gomez. Oh, he does? Yeah. Oh, I didn't catch it. Yeah, supposedly. Okay, so... Immediately after the success of Gremlins, they wanted to do a sequel. So Warner Brothers was like, "Oh my God, we got to do this right away!" Because it was like a hundred and you know, it was a right. hundred and forty million dollars or whatever. And Joe Dante had enough of Gremlins for a while and declined work on the movie, and uh, it kind of proceeded without him. And as the studio approached different directors and writers and storylines considered including the one i told you about the vegas one or even the planet mars apparently they the ideas fell through and the studio finally asked dante again who agreed on one condition which was to do the bigger budget apparently in the dvd commentaries for gremlins he stated that he felt like this movie was the case of waiting too long to capitalize on the success of gremlins from 1984 Mm -hmm. but i think it did a good job so he thinks it hurt the the movie's chance of success, but 
I don't know. I don't know why people didn't support it. I, it's just because it was so goofy. You know, it's funny. I remember going and seeing Dick Tracy in the theater. I don't even remember this movie coming out. Oh, I saw this in the theater. 100%. Yeah. I loved it. I was a kid. This is, this is my shit. I was like, fuck yeah. I saw it in the theater. I think I saw it twice. Oh, wow. I'm pretty sure. Good. You saw it once for both of us. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the scene where Gizmo dances in the biological lab or whatever was to Fats Domino. I'm a walking. Yes, indeed. I'm talking about you and me. Oh. It was supposed to be Dancing With Myself by Billy Idol. Oh, what happened? But they couldn't get the rights. So they found another song with the same beat. <laughs> that's what. That's exactly what they did. Now, it's been said that Gremlins 3 was going to be coming out and, you know, Zach uh, Galligan was going to be, you know, he's been talking about it on and off. You know, I think he's a little tired oh, of right. trying to push it or whatever, because I think like he's down to do it. Right. Um, I feel like he's gotten kind of um, <laughs> I love him to death, but just, you know, he's got a little more bitter, bitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> over the years. Right. He's not that sweet boy we remember from part one. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's uh, not that innocent. The world has crushed him maybe in all of his dreams. One too many Waxworks movies or something. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Dante said that, the, you know, that that the the secrets of the Mogwai, which is that show on HBO Max, mm-hmm. is and is this technical um, uh, sequel prequel or whatever. Oh, prequel. OK. He's like, that's your third movie if you really want to, you know. Uh, he said, uh, specifically, he said, The Secrets of the Mind, what I'm associated with, he said, uh, it, and it is coming to HBO Max this year. It was supposed to be this year, but they had a lot of turmoil over there, but nobody quite knows what's going on. He's talking about Batgirl. Oh, and how HBO Max is merging with Discovery Plus. That too, and they were like... That doesn't help. Yeah, they were probably like trying to figure out what they needed to get rid of. Right, because they got to the cut, they gotta cut budget. Right. Cut the budget. But anyway, he did later say, but I think that there was, if there was another one of those pictures, I think it would be a combination of puppetry and CGI because now with CGI, you could put the puppeteers right next to the puppet and then you could just crop them out. You know, right. whereas we had to have furniture and hid them <laughs> under walls and hit them under the floor and all that kind of stuff that you wouldn't have to do now. So he said, but at least he said puppets. Yeah, that's good. You know what I mean? Like, and so it's not going to be a movie. It's going to be a show. Right, it's supposed okay. to be a show. Just wanted to emphasize that. Oh yeah, well they he said they well it went from movie to show. Right, so it's gonna be a show. Right, I don't know. Oh, okay. I looked it up and it doesn't really seem. I looked up all the news on it that I could find and there is nothing that states that there is going to be a show. Oh. Okay. Other than the secrets of the Mogwai, which is a show and it's already out. Oh okay. It's been out. I got confused. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. Part three may never happen, and to be honest with you, at the rate of these trilogy enders, um, you know, I like the new Ghostbusters one just fine. Probably the least uh, bothersome, but the Matrix one was terrible. Yeah. The, what, what was the other one that they did? Well, I don't, I just, I don't think it was, they shouldn't have waited so long for that one. I th- I liked, I liked the premise of the Matrix sequel. Sure. But, but I, I, I it's just, just weird. it wasn't good timing for it to come out i don't know man it like they came out earlier they never made her as it's not even i don't even mind that she became like the lead or the power or the one or whatever it just didn't make sense okay do you know what i mean yeah, I like even, i don't yeah, want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it but right. you know what i mean exactly. like it's not some sexist thing i have no i'm, I'm the You're least just of complaining that about the story yeah the all, story was not good <laughs> right like at all like i don't i just didn't really like it i liked what the beginning had right i liked the very beginning 
and how there's this extra layer because I've yeah. always wanted that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see. What and you're saying. but they never did it. But yeah, there's other movies that they've been trying to shoehorn in, like this new Indiana Jones movie. Ugh. It's probably going to be really bad, and I feel so terrible because man, what a beloved franchise, you know. And talk about like how people are just shitting on it now, like these younger kids that have no idea, have no attachment to right, it. Right, exactly. They're like, oh, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Troublesome Sweater. You know, like, <laughs> and it's like, oh my God, like <laughs> the Troublesome Tuxedo. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I'm still excited to see it. I want to see what they do. It looks like they're going to be doing like a mix of like CGI of him being younger and like, these other adventures that went on. Yeah. I don't so know. he's like going to be talking about these adventures. Did, but what didn't he have a son? Like, wasn't that the crystal skull? Yeah. Like, no point? He so was supposed to be the new one, but is it was the son going to be like, Oh, it was Shiloh LaBeouf. That's yeah. why. Yeah. I don't think it worked very well. <laughs> I don't think, I mean, we liked Shia LaBeouf, but we didn't like him like that. Just do it. Okay. Yeah, Do it. <laughs> like he was all like, it was kind of clowny. Yeah, it was. It was like, you know, I get, so I can see why people wouldn't like the Gremlins 2. I get it. You know, it's a little too jokey. But at least Gremlins 2 is funny to me. The Indiana Jones and the the, the comedy that they were doing in Indiana Jones and those Crystal Skulls was not funny. Yeah, it was funny. not funny. It was kind of like, oh, that's a green screen. Were... Look at that green screen. I don't know what they're thinking. Like, none of the movies ever looked like that either. Right. Like, I didn't even care about the refrigerator scene in the beginning. Oh, was that the atomic bomb? Yeah, one? like, I thought that was funny. Like, I, I thought that was like, oh, that's cool. Because uh-huh. that's like what they always tell you as kids, never to go in there. Oh, and then he's yeah, going in there, it's the one thing that protects him. Right. It's this old steel, like, refrigerator box, you know? Which is stupid because he would be just a mangled fucking pile of flesh in there. Right. Because his bones would be all snapped in half and shit. But it's still, you know, whatever. Um, But yeah, anyway, I don't know. I don't know if Gremlins could come back. What do you guys think? Do you think do you think they could do it again? Do you think do you think they would do too much CGI? Like CGI is okay. Like you're supposed to incorporate it with all the other forms of art that this 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 franchise has had. You know who needs to make a movie? Mm. AI. AI should just make oh, a movie. God. AI. Stop it. I don't even want to talk about AI anymore. Everybody's so fucking dicks about all of that shit. Like everyone on both sides. Like I just don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> like uh, this this by the way, we're not even actually here. We program this into an AI. So Hell yeah. I'm I'm Got gotcha, you, bitch. I'm gonna sleep. They're stealing our jobs now too. Well anyway. <laughs> technically <laughs> the AI is coming in. The automated shit has come in and wiped a lot out of my job. Mm. I got to mention a cameo that uh, that I didn't get to mention. So we didn't really talk about our favorite scenes or anything. There's too many in this one that I, I really like. One of the cameos in this is there was a Leonard Moulton who was a real critic in real life. Oh, that's right. He does a, a cameo in the film where it's called... Movie Police. Yeah, the Movie Police or whatever. And he's like putting down the original Gremlins film in the movie. Well, when he actually did a review of the Gremlins back in the day... He put it down? He used all the same words and stuff like that. Oh my God, that's so funny. So he's like, who wants to see you with these like goopy fucking blah, blah, blah. And then they kill him. So I thought it was kind of cool... I think that's really that cool. He, that he agreed to come yeah, in there. Yeah, like he, like just for the sake of it, just for the hell of it, just to. Well, it's probably because he understands that his opinion isn't the only opinion. It's just his opinion, you know. Man. 
and he probably understands like why people like this movie. Right. I thought it was cool though. Yeah, I do. I think that's cool too. Um, another thing that I really like and I wanted to point out is that I love this scene where the oh I love the scene where they go into the security office and he's trying to warn them after he tried to shut off the water and he goes to jail and he comes back and they're like, Oh, oh yeah. so you're, you're back after going to jail from trying to shut down our <laughs> building. Wow. That's a great idea, Billy. It's, uh, <laughs> it's like <laughs> that guy's sarcasm is so great in that movie. Uh, yeah. He was in the burbs too. He's one of the trash men. Right. I, 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 I thought he was the banker member. Right. When I spoke about that, no, he was he was a trash this man, guy, the other trash man. Yeah, no, he was. When we were talking about the burbs, I was talking about him being in the bank from the first movie oh, of Gremlins, oh, he was and he was second. in the second one as the security guard. Oh, okay. yeah, that's what I'm trying to clear. Uh, up. You listening to me? Yes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Who are you? Where am I? Anyway, so when he goes up there and he talks to them, all the other fucking workers are watching the monitors to try to watch for crimes and sort of things that are going wrong. And they get this fantastic, you know, computer system and everything like that. And they're like, no, no, really, I want to hear what your story is. So you said that they they turn into cocoons. He's like, no, 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 they eat. They have to eat after midnight. And he's like, well, yeah, if you're going to go into a cocoon, you're going to want to <laughs> eat something before you go in. Right. <laughs> That makes I sense. That was great. They, they and then, get really nerdy into it, you know? And then he, and like the other guy and the other one was like, when well, he's like, wait a second. So wait, if they eat after midnight, he's like, well, what if they're on a plane though? You know, or, <laughs> yeah, or, they brought up the time zones. Yeah. He's like, what if they cross into time zones? Cause it's gotta be 12 o'clock somewhere. <laughs> and that's the guy from SNL. And I can't think of his name. Uh-huh. He was on SNL for a long time. Oh, the, the secretary at Christopher Lee's lab was also on SNL. Oh, okay. Yeah. But he gets attacked because the gremlin jumps through the, the board and bites him on the neck as soon as he's making fun of the rules. So it's just their their kind of way of being like, shut the fuck up. Just enjoy the movie. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. Which I just, I love that. I think that's so self-aware. And that's, and it's just like, it adds to the fun. Totally. Because it's just like, hey, in the end, we're just having a good time here, guys. Like, you don't need to like, I can imagine like, like, Back in the day, they're making fun of people today right? who would be in groups sitting there arguing over the fact that shit don't make sense. The shit doesn't make sense. Right. Right. And this is their way of kind of like working out the trolls back in 1990. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. um, also one of my other favorite scenes is like when Kate starts telling her tragic story for Lincoln because <laughs> the president's day. Yeah. They, Lincoln's birthday. They burn one of the, I think it's the spider. Yeah. It's the spider gremlin. They killed it. Yeah. And they catch it on fire and they save the redheaded lady and Mr. Futterman's there. And he's like, and then Billy's like, Oh, this is just too much. Maybe we should just give up. And then like Mr. Futterman's like, we can't give up. Billy Washington didn't give up. Lincoln didn't give up. And Phoebe's like, Oh, don't mention Lincoln. <laughs> Some, and everybody's like, what? <laughs> and she's like, something terrible happened to me on Lincoln's birthday. <laughs> she said, she goes, and she's like, yeah, there was like this little guy. We were at this store and I was going to go eat. And then there was a little man and he was in a hat and top hat. And he was like, hello, little girl. <laughs> and it's like, she's telling the story of like being abducted. Yeah. <laughs> And Billy's like, uh, yeah, we, we, we got to get going. We got to. 
and it's like the same camera angle and the same building tense moment with the lighting and everything right because <clears throat> when she tells that story in the other one uh she's in his house i think and the fire's going mm-hmm. in the first one and it's like where she's telling her dad came down the chimney or something i don't remember what it was, right. it was yeah the chimney she was, was in somewhere near a chimney and when she saw the chimney that's when it triggered it <laughs> Uh, but anyway, I just, I fucking love that. That is so fucking amazing. It really was. And then they have the cooking lady who's supposed to be like, you know, Julia Child. Microwave Marge. Yes, Microwave Marge. Mm-hmm. And she's, she, Kathleen Freeman is the actress that played her. And she's always getting drunk live on TV, pouring brandy and everything. And she was making beans and bologna roll-ups. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> she's like, hey, you can add a little brandy in there. I use a lot. <laughs> and then she was like making this big pot and of tuna noodle casserole <laughs> i have been saying that line oh, over that. and over since i saw that in the theater right because i loved how drunk she sounded because <laughs> she's like fucking wrecked and didn't julia child used to drink so they were kind of like no, she sounded drunk yeah oh that's right because it's, she had like her a, accent she that's had a right really thick accent that's fucked up. Yeah. There's some like questionable things in this movie that they do or they're a little on the fence race wise too. Oh, well, yeah. Like, but I mean, you know, uh, it was yeah. the times, you know, like people didn't think about that kind of stuff. Oh, oh, uh, one last. I got to mention this and see, this is, this is my favorite movie. So I'm going to fucking tell. You know, I love the part where Phoebe Cates gets in the fucking elevator and she's like, go to floor 38, ele- elevator floor 38. And it like blows past it. And she's like, elevator, stop. And she's like, elevator, sound the alarm. And all the grims are like, <laughs> <laughs> that is such fucking cartoon humor. Yeah, yeah. But I fucking loved it. And then like immediately <laughs> They, oh, when their little arms, like... They cut away with her face, like, is this seriously happening, you know? <laughs> and they go to something else with Mr. Funderman, and then they come back and, like, do the whole... The elevator going up and down, and she's, like, hanging onto the bar and, like, floating the whole time. And then when it goes to the bottom floor, she hits the ground. Uh-huh. And there's two ladies, like, that are at the <laughs> elevator, and she's like, we'll, we'll, we'll get the next one. We'll just one. get the next like, one. Like, don't even help her. <laughs> Like, don't even fucking help her. That's so funny to me. I don't know why. It's yeah. just so stupid. It was know? good. It's funny. That's what I mean. Like, stupid shit like that in the movie, I just really fucking love. Uh-huh. I, I, I don't know. Even, like, the stupid brain guy who's, like, singing the goddamn New York, New York, and then they spray him. And right. The stupid electric demon or oh yeah how they yeah they got rid of him i love when the brain actually drinks the the he's like is that my is that the brain uh <laughs> potion or whatever the fuck it is and he's like uh, i just want to talk about this place here for a minute we have a, what is to be a laboratory of sorts that seem to have quite the collection of different sorts of vials that have you know he's like right <laughs> I think that is so funny. And then he goes up to one of them and he's like trying to pitch it to him. Uh-huh. He's like, you see over there, we have the bat variety of the gremlin. Now, as some of you may know, <laughs> we have a 
thing where we can't go out in the sunlight. Oh, so, and then they inject him with the SPF yeah. <laughs> so that he can go. And then the that sun. whole thing leads to him attacking Futterman out on the street. Right, at and the they're church. like, and then he grabs it by its legs and slams it into the fucking concrete. The concrete wet mix, which then it gets up and flies to the top of a tower like a church and then turns into a gargoyle. Yeah, that was cool. I was like stupid. It's just so cartoonish humor. I don't know what it is. So maybe it's just like I'm old and everybody else is like this is not funny. Well, you know there's not even Saturday morning cartoons anymore, you know. There hasn't been for a long time. Right, that's true. That, yeah. Well, well, not even just Saturday, just after school. Yeah. In general. It's all like cartoons. 3D. I don't, we don't even know. We don't even Well, we don't know. I think kids watch no, YouTube, YouTube and TikTok now. Yeah, it's YouTube and TikTok, so. There's no programming for kids anymore. Mm-mm. It's weird. It's I was Mr. Beast. I was just <laughs> recently watching Martin Scorsese talk about, because he's one of the very vocal people that feels that film is dead, is dying, and, uh, you know. Just like him? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it is a different age, but yeah, he feels it's dying because, you know, people look at content the same way they do film, and it's not the same. Right film is a lot more struggle right and it is more art is what he's saying than content oh yeah and he's like with the advent of streaming services it has become that we are getting such a dose of stuff so easily and readily available that it doesn't have to be top tier quality and True. that people aren't treating it as like it's art he even said he was talking about ebert and he was like saying oh you know ebert was one of the first people that ever recognized me long before I got my just desserts. He was one of the people that, you know, said my films were appreciated as art. Yeah. Yeah. He said before anybody did. And he said, you know, even in his dying days, he would, if I ever struggled with anything, he would have been there for me. Uh He was like, and that to me is like, he recognized art, you know, and that's what this is to me, not just my work, but other people's work. Yeah, and it changes, you know? I know, I know. And it's it's funny because, like, who do you know who goes to art galleries and shit? I mean, there's communities that, you know, that's what they do. So now it just, it's going to become like a little, a a niche thing. I think it's the same thing that people have the feeling of when they look at, like, something like found footage. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, they go, oh, that's easy to make. And it's not really. Like, the good ones, the good ones are not easy to make. Right. In fact, they are, like... 17 layers of storyline deep like camera angles yeah from, and it has to be shot yeah it has to correctly. be shot in a certain way There's yeah the good, good ones yeah the good ones that yeah. stand out right but it's just people but again it's an art form i think people just want to be creative and that should be hailed as a good thing yeah even if it brings down the overall total of uh good films I don't know, like I, because like then it gets into the whole indie thing, you know what I mean? And I think about how many great indie films there are that that have that spirit, that are struggling, that don't make money, that starve after making their fourth feature fucking film. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like that, you know. So don't just look at these mainstream (laughs) movies. You know, look at these independent ones. The spirit's still there. Right. There's just not a lot of money behind it like it Mm -hmm. used to be. So, I don't know. Anyway, a lot of stuff I watched to prepare for these episodes, for this episode, guys. Christina's conking out here. Sorry. She doesn't want to do this anymore. I'm dying. (laughs) I'm 
I'm dying. She hates you. She doesn't care that this is our last Happy episode. New Year. For, Happy yeah. New Year. Bye. Yeah, if we, <laughs> we're not going to see you guys, but I will be having some videos up on the YouTube, and I will be streaming quite frequently. Usually, I'm supposed to be streaming right now, as a matter of fact, while we're recording this, but uh, I fell asleep today, so... <laughs> I couldn't help it, and I went into a deep coma, and I had to get up and, like, come in here and do all this stuff. But, um, yeah, happy holidays, guys. Merry Christmas to you. Whatever you do celebrate, we, we wish you guys the very best. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for supporting this this podcast, the YouTube, and the streams. If you have not indulged in any of those that I just mentioned or one of them, please do. Please uh, give them a listen or a watch or you know, stop by and say hello. And if you have a friend, you know, show it to them too. But we hope you have a fantastic new year and a happy holiday. And as always, long live the void. <laughs>